You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Let's start this Monday on a positive note. COVID cases are down, basically across Canada. Vaccinations are way, way up. And I'm told that this week, fully vaccinated Canadians can skip the 14-day quarantine and... Oh, no, my bad. Sorry, no, you can't uh, skip the quarantine unless you're coming to Montreal to play the Habs. Still, the federal government's exemption for NHL teams last week is a sign of better days to come on the U.S.-Canada border. So is their tentative plan to announce a less tentative plan before early July. The days of a locked-down border and quarantine hotels are ending soon, much to the chagrin of Doug Ford and a couple other premiers, and also to the delight of a few more, because this is Canada and you can't please everyone. If I had the power, I would close down Pearson Airport immediately. I would shut down the land border crossings to only those who are absolutely essential. But for regular Canadians who might want to, you know, head down to Buffalo or Seattle to catch a ball game, who might want to spend a weekend in Vegas or who, you know, might want to visit relatives they haven't seen in almost two years. What does the federal government's proposed reopening plan mean for them? What will crossing the U.S.-Canada border look like as summer moves on? We know it'll be different, but how and why? Will it be feasible for an ordinary Canadian who has been fully vaccinated to make a quick return trip, as so many of us have done for so long, without an NHL contract? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Charlie Pinkerton is the deputy editor of iPolitics.ca, and he has also, for the past few months, covered a very convoluted U.S.-Canada border strategy. Hi, Charlie. Hey, thanks for uh, bringing me on the show. Of course. And maybe before we get to uh, what's happening with the border right now, day to day, let's kind of rewind a bit and maybe you can just explain what the policy that has been in place for, you know, 90% of this pandemic has been with regards to the Canada-U.S. border. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, happy to do that. I uh, I guess I will just forewarn that that takes a little bit of, ex- of explaining. So um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. So, of course, um, surely everyone will remember midway through last March when um, much of the world, including Canada, um, basically shut down. At that time, um, in the same week when uh, people might remember Sophie Gregoire Trudeau tested positive for COVID, uh, Tom Hanks tested positive for COVID, that that very week, um, that is, again, probably memorable to many. That is when Canada, um, shortly after, first barred entry to all U.S. foreign na- or all non-U.S. foreign nationals, rather, and then later all Americans, and then later put in its 14-day quarantine uh, for most uh, people entering Canada, which at that point was just basically Canadians uh, and permanent residents. Um, That, of course, has been in place ever since. Um, That's really been the main measure that's prevented Canadians from traveling abroad since the beginning of the pandemic. The the, uh, reason that they, you know, 
have to isolate um, away from other people for those 14 days once they come back to the country. There's been other additions really here and there. For example, flights to the UK were temporarily suspended. Flights to India and Pakistan at the moment are suspended. Those have been measures put in place by the federal government based on high levels of COVID in those countries um, at certain times. Um, People also might remember back to over the Christmas break when there was quite a few stories that came out about, you know, politicians and health officials from various governments who, you know, traveled abroad to do a number of things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whether it be vacations, um, going to see families, funerals, there was a whole number of things. And after that, uh, flights were actually uh, suspended to the Caribbean, Mexico. So, you know, typical vacation spots for Canadians. Um, the most significant, though, update that sort of would affect the, you know, the average person, the average Canadian, the average traveler um, came around February. And that's when the government um, sort of heightened its requirements for people returning to Canada. At that point, people needed uh, a negative COVID test that was 72 hours uh, from their departure. So they had to show that um, before they flew to Canada or arrived at the land border. Even with that, even after testing negative, uh, you would have to test negative upon entering the country again, and you would still have to quarantine. Um, There would be other tests throughout that quarantine period as well. Um, But no matter what, for, for most people, except for those who are exempt, people, you know, who basically travel across the border for as part of their job, um, have had to stay in quarantine for that 14 day days. Um, the other uh, significant development around that same time uh, in February was that the hotel aspect was added. So this was only for people flying to the country. Um, airports, there's only been four uh, that have accepted international flights uh, since then. And any travelers landing in those airports, uh, I believe off the top of my head, that would be Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and Calgary, um, have had to quarantine in a government-approved hotel and await the return of their COVID test result. Only then can they then go quarantine in the uh, place of their choosing, you know, usually their home or, or somewhere else to, to stay. Um, and that's also at the traveler's own cost too. And, it, and it's been up to $3,000 for some people. So of course, that's that's a pretty significant barrier even to those people who might be able to, you know, say go abroad and, and come back and work from home for the 14 days. Um, so that's been in place ever since earlier this year, and that's brought us really to where, uh, well, where we remain, but but maybe not where we'll be um, in the somewhat near future. See, it was complicated. I'm glad uh, <laughs> you walked us through it. Here's my question for that. I realize it's going to come across as a loaded question. Has it been effective? Oh, I think so. I think in terms of what the government has wanted to do, which is stop people from traveling, it's been effective. Um, there's there's figures I was looking at the other day from April of this year compared to April of 2019. So before the pandemic, before uh, before we even had any idea that any of this was going to start and travel any way you look at it um, in terms of Canadians re-entering the country by air, Canadians re-entering via the land border, um, non-Canadians uh, coming to the country, you know, any way of which it's measured, it's roughly down 95%, which is, is, is you know, quite, quite huge, right? That's 19 out of 20 people who 
aren't traveling as they had before. So in that sense, you know, it it has been uh, effective um, in terms of maybe effective in the minds of the Canadian public. Uh, that might be a different story or in terms of how the provinces view the policy, that might be a different story as well. But from the federal government standpoint, um, it's done what they wanted in, in making sure that people aren't going abroad and, and coming back uh, with COVID for the most part. As you followed this, is it your impression that the changing policies and the updating of them, and we're going to get to what's happening now in just a second, um, has it been driven by science or uh, by politics? That's a really good point to raise, and I think there's a bit of both. When I was saying before about those flights being banned to the Caribbean and to Mexico, those weren't areas that were um, experiencing, you know, massive outbreaks of COVID at that time, unlike, say, was the case in the UK and in India and Pakistan, when, when flights to those countries have been, been uh, stopped being allowed to come into Canada. Um, I would say that the reaction to to politicians, and these, these were of all stripes over the Christmas holidays, um, that was sort of a definitely, you know, a political measure put in place, uh, one to kind of appease many Canadians, surely, who were um, obviously frustrated seeing those uh, who have been telling them not to travel, telling them to obey all these rules for the last many months, doing uh, the exact opposite themselves. So right. th- that's one thing that I would say is definitely political. The hotel question is one um, that you'll probably get a different answer depending on who you would speak to to that question. Um, certainly here in Canada, like the official opposition, the the conservatives, they've really been pushing that you know it's it's a uh, it's a political restriction. Um, Canada based its own system off that of Australia, for example, which does a, a similar hotel system, and other countries that have implemented similar. But Canada has a completely different set of circumstances, right? We're landlocked uh, and share a uh, border with one of the countries that's had the most COVID infections in the world. And that has not exactly been uh, super, super effective at, at, at having a, you know, a full country approach, one that um, I think Canada and the Canadian government can look at uh, and sort of say, you know, basically have confidence that people coming from that country, um, no matter what part of the country they're coming from, would carry the same risk. So in in that sense, uh, I would say it it never really made sense that we would adopt a similar system to, for example, an island nation would. Um, And for that reason, um, the hotel quarantine system has been, uh, you know, criticized for, for that. On the other hand, you know, as we just talked about, it's been effective at deterring people from traveling. And um, in that sense, I guess the scientific evidence, as we would call it, um, would prove that, yes, it has been effective. But as we've seen over the months as well, when government officials have attempted to defend that system and defend the reasoning behind it, uh, we really haven't seen until recently, until these figures have been produced, you know, about, uh, you know, how many COVID cases are being detected in these hotels, the um how many people are, are are not traveling compared to, you know, past years, things like that. Until we have this data that was only created by the system, 
uh, once the system was put in place, there really hasn't seemed like there was any, you know, significant scientific backing to this measure. Um, when 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 it was uh, established, it was, uh, you know, it's only come out come out afterwards. So I, you know, that's a long winded way that I can say it's it's a bit of both for the hotel quarantine uh, specifically. Um, but of course, that's that's also the government's role, right, to make political decisions. Um, but but. I, I, I think where they can be criticized is where, um, you know, they frequently say that they are uh, you know, following science completely. And in, in that case, I, I don't think it was. So let's talk about uh, what changes, you know, now or even in the past few days and more specifically what the plan will look like going forward because cases are down dramatically uh, basically everywhere in Canada. They're down significantly in basically every state uh, in the U.S. that borders us. So the government's now thinking and planning uh, about how to open the border to travelers again. How are they going about that? Mm -hmm. So this uh, or last week was really, you know, the first time kind of we got a peek into any sort of kind of I don't even want to say substantial because these are still suggested details. But, you know. Any real idea of what the government's um, initial plan is going to be to allow travel to resume, and I don't want to say in a normal sense because it's still going to be very difficult for many, um, uh, well, it will be very difficult for many people, but also very difficult for for many Canadians. So I'm glad you mentioned, you know, cases. Those are crucial to what the government says it uh, is planning to do, um, as well as uh, vaccination rates. So, you know, as long as those keep going where they're going right now, one going down, the other going up, what the government says uh, is that it's planning on changing things in early July. Um, this was first spoken about, uh, by the health minister uh, on Wednesday. She said then, and again, I, I, I cautioned that it's nothing substantive. You know, there, there isn't, if you look on a government website, you're not going to see this stated anywhere. These are just words coming from a representative of the government about what their plan is eventually. Um, so, you know, she says, in early July, the plan will be that fully vaccinated Canadians, um, as well as permanent residents, will be able to return to Canada without having to stay in a quarantine hotel. Um, and that when they return to Canada, so when they, you know, when you enter Canada, you'll still um, have to be tested before. And when you arrive in the country, you will be tested again. Once that test comes back saying you don't have COVID, um, you are then free to no longer uh, carry out the rest of your 14-day quarantine. Um, you know, it's unclear right now how long it'll take for those tests to go back. You know, I've had a number of these last year. I've gotten some back in the evening. I've gotten others back four days later. I'm sure many people have very similar experiences, right? Um, so in that sense, that that's still very much a barrier. Fully vaccinated people only this will apply to, of course, Um, fully vaccinated means two weeks after your second dose. Um, So, you know, it's not like things are returning to normal by any means in early July, but that's what we were believe. That's what we were led to believe uh, last week by the health minister. Um, And we learned too, um, sort of the next day from public safety minister, Bill Blair, who is responsible uh, among other things uh, for the, um, the border services agency um, that the Arrive Can app, which is an app that uh, people coming to Canada over the last uh, about year and a half have been able to upload their pre-travel test to and, and use to kind of assess their eligibility to even get into the country. That's actually being looked into by the government 
um, as where you would upload your uh, your vaccine documents. So that would be basically, as as we've all talked about over these last few months, that your vaccine passport. Um, again, this is all very much in the works, very much subject to change, but that's what we heard last week. And that's sort of the uh, most promise we've heard about international travel in, uh, you know, a year and a half, really. The big story will be back in just a minute. Was this arrived at with consultation uh, through the provinces? I know, you know, you mentioned that that some of the provincial governments have been critical of Ottawa's work on the border. Uh, I know some have been blaming the borders for bringing in COVID. I know other premiers have asked for the border to be reopened. So, so how does Ottawa go about that when, you know, different provinces have almost uh, completely opposing stances on when to open this thing? <laughs> right, right. So, I guess I should state first, um, the decision to open Canada's border is the federal government's and the federal government's alone. Um, But that being said, um, it has been in consultation with the provinces, much like it has been for, you know, many other parts of uh, this crisis. So it was a little over a week ago now when the federal health minister, Patty Haidu, who I had mentioned before, held a meeting with her counterparts uh, from the provinces. These are our regular meetings. Again, their meetings have taken place throughout the pandemic. But at this meeting, um, this topic, the, the reopening of the border and how to do it uh, was you know, part of the agenda and, and obviously part of the agenda in, in, in a way that is significant for the first time in, in, in many months because this, this decision was sort of kind of hinted at, at, at coming soon. So what they discussed was a report that a federally appointed panel um, had made up. Uh, this is a panel made up of, uh, you know, expert doctors that has been advising the federal government on, uh, you know, various COVID me- uh, measures and restrictions and things like that over the last year, much as many governments have. Um, and so the report that they put together was suggesting how the federal government um, should reopen uh, the borders. Um, that's a whole other topic. Uh, so I, I won't sort of go into that. But the the purpose of uh, the meeting um, between Patty Haidu and between her provincial counterparts, or, or part of the purpose rather, was to to talk about that report and to to sort of you know get their feeling about where to go from there. So as you mentioned, <laughs> across this country, provinces have different ideas of uh, what they're doing this summer. You know, to ease restrictions, reopen their economies, and the same can be said for their opinions on the border. For example, in Ontario, of course, the the, uh, the province with the highest population, they for for really months now, um, in in a way that I think most people, including myself, see as trying to you know deflect blame for how they've dealt with the the third wave of the pandemic have been calling for the government for actually stricter border measures um, to, you know, ensure that more dangerous variants uh, don't get into this country. Uh, you know, variants have gotten to the country uh, already. So so that's, uh, you know, a, a bit of a flawed argument. But anyways, so, you know, we have their perspective. Um, Quebec is well sort of closely aligns with them. In that sense, it was interesting, um, actually, uh, b- before this meeting took place about a week ago, um, Ontario's health minister, Christine Elliott, uh, came out and, and sort of, you know, 
shifted their, their stance a bit, um, leaving the door open for, for, for them uh, being open to fully vaccinated travelers uh, being able to, to sort of come and go from the country. So, so I did find that interesting. Um, there are other provinces, for example, Alberta has a pretty uh, fast moving reopening policy. Um, they're sort of more in favor of, of things getting going more quickly. Their neighbor, however, BC, um, they're, you know, more more on the cautious side. Uh, one line that their premier, John Horgan, uh, repeated a, a few times is that, um, and I'm not quoting him directly here, was that, you know, he said to Trudeau that he was the first person to tell him to close the border and that he's not going to be the first one to tell him to open it. So they, they want a slower approach. So taking all these things into consideration, the federal government has to, you know, <laughs> Try to work with the provinces because they are ultimately the ones that control the um, things that affect everyday life. So, for example, the reopening of the economy, closures of restaurants, schools, things like that. So the provinces' opinions definitely matter, um, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a federal decision. One other thing that I want to ask about is that so far, um, we've been talking about the federal government and their policies for Canadian travelers. Uh, do we know what the policies will be for uh, our American friends who might want to come up and vacation here this summer? That is a very important question and one that I sadly do not have the answer to. We just don't know at this point. Hmm. Um, all we heard last week was about um, Canadians and, and, and permanent residents. So, you know, other policies, um, uh, for example, um, Earlier in the pandemic, there was a loosening of uh, travel restrictions on basically family members of Canadians. Right. So, you know, looking forward, I would sort of have my eye out for that being, you know, maybe a likely possibility. Um, but again, that's nothing we've we've heard about yet. So that's uh, that's going to come after um, after again, as we're led to believe, early July when. Uh, we're hopeful that Canadians will again be able to, or fully vaccinated Canadians will be able to again uh, sort of come and go with a little less uh, trouble. Do we know what America thinks of this? Are they eager for us to reopen? Do they just not care? Do it at your own pace? Have they even bothered to comment on it? <sighs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a really interesting question. It's actually rather uh, unclear from reports and 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 I I haven't done any I should caution this by saying I haven't done any reporting on on this myself on the American side of things but from reading reports um it it seems as though the Biden administration is, is looking for a way to reopen the border um earlier this week there was one report uh, that they were setting up task force for example um with with Canada and Mexico uh to um you know to look for a way forward so you know Looking at the country as a whole and how they have reopened fairly quickly, how they've had a fairly successful vaccination campaign, um, reason also suggests that, you know, that is the case. Um, but in terms of outright public statements, they, they've they've been fairly quiet. So in general, as we go forward uh, in the summer, there's a lot of hope that fully vaccinated travelers will be able to, and, you know, this is me speaking for myself here, uh, dip down to Buffalo and watch uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. knock a couple of dingers. But maybe don't buy my tickets for early July. Wait for early August. Yeah, if uh, if, if I were uh, if I were giving my advice right now, and uh, I should not be giving the advice right now, but <laughs> I would say you know wait until later in August. Certainly, if you're going to be crossing the border, even at that time, 
you should expect to be returning to Canada, even if you're fully vaccinated and quarantining for at least several days, as at minimum, you will have a COVID test to take and you will have to be in isolation um, until that test returns as negative. So, you know, if you can go catch AJ's game or, you know, head to a weekend in Vegas or take a trip to Cabo, whatever you're into, then as long as you got a place to come back home to for a few days, you know, by the end of the summer, if you've been fully vaccinated and it's been two weeks since you've gotten your second dose, it's looking promising that that'll be a possibility. Charlie, thanks so much for this. And uh, I'm going to go somewhere that's not Buffalo because one day for all that uh, <laughs> sounds like a little much. Yeah, it's definitely a tricky situation um, still, but we're, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Charlie Pinkerton, deputy editor at iPolitics.ca. That was The Big Story. You can find more at thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can talk to us anytime on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. You can email us. Please do. We're at thebigstorypodcast at rci.rogers.com. And we're in all of your podcast players from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify to Amazon Music to Pocket Cast to CastBox. And I used to just look these up. Now I know them by heart. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.